welcome, welcome, welcome to We Have to Talk. Like always, I have what I consider a dope guest. And when you hear this person, you'll think he's a dope guest also. This is someone I've known for a while. Um, no, I'm going I'm to throw a number out there since the 80s. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We grew up in the same building, you know, and he lived on the second floor. I lived on the fourth floor. Right? Second floor, right? Or was it third floor? Second floor? Like, no, I was on the third, third floor, third floor, third floor, third floor. Third. Third. No, no, my, my cousin lived on the second floor. I, I got it mixed up. Lived on the third floor. I lived on the fourth floor. And, you know, we were all friends. We all hung out. But there's certain things that we didn't do together. And and I learned through social media, which is something. Social media is a good thing and a bad thing. I learned, I learned more about him through social media than I learned from him face to face. I didn't know he was a basketball coach. I didn't know. Dude, we played football together in front of the building, never played basketball together a day in our lives. I don't remember ever playing. I played with everyone else. I played with Benji Quincy. I played with everyone else in the building, but never played with this gentleman. And this gentleman is Coach. Do I call you, do I call you Coach Charlie? What do I call you? What do I call you? Everybody know me as Coach Coach Charles. I, I tell them call me Coach Charles because, you know, Briggs, sometimes they mess up my last name, so I say Coach Charles. I mean, I know you, so I, I'm not going to... I actually knew you by two names. I knew yeah. you by Charles and Andre. Charles and Andre. See, I don't, don't know that. No, I don't know that. I just gave out some some personal information, so those who don't, know. So if you if you think you're a real friend and you think you really know him, <laughs> I know him from way back That's in the right. days. So, But I want right. you to talk about um, basketball and how, do you, how did you get into basketball? You kind of talked about that prior to recording, but I want you to get into more detail about that. You know, what made you go into coaching and, and, and supporting young people in our neighborhoods? So, um, growing up, raised, born and raised in Harlem, uh, what happened is, like, you know, basketball, it was something I like. I watched, you know, Dick Vitale, early Big East with Georgetown and, you know, all the guys that was playing my own Quincy was the first person that took me. I was going to Millbank, like the day camp, like at nine or 10 years old. And Wayne Banner was literally my first coach. He was like, you 10 years old? I was like, yeah. He's like, you do push-ups and sit-ups. That whole summer, that's all I did is push-ups and sit-ups that whole summer. And then Quincy... You know, from my building, I took us Pluk for everybody that don't know him, know him as Quincy, but everybody know him as Q or Pluk. He took me to Young Life. At, uh, he took me. For those who don't know, old school Young like the Purple and Gold. Sorry about Purple that. and Gold, Purple <laughs> and Gold, Salem Church, Salem Church. He took me there. And the first year I did, I was 10 years old playing against kids that's like, like 13, 12. And I. I kind of got my butt bust. So that whole summer, that whole winter, I didn't make, I played in-house and I wasn't that good. So that whole winter and summer, I played in the park, got better. So I came back as an 11-year-old 11, 11 and Coach Bingo and Coach Stern player and seeing me was like, you know, this is a different kid. You know, I was bigger, I was strong, fast, jump, very aggressive. You know, I had, I grew up being like, I was very aggressive. I had some some anger issues as a kid, so basketball kind of like helped me with that a little bit. And I'll play, that's that's all I live for. So, you know, coach said, yo, you know, my grandmother was like, if I don't have my grades intact, I'm not going to be able to go to, go to the park and go to practice. And sometimes I used to get phone calls from school and I'd be on punishment for like two 
months and two months felt like two years because there's no basketball. That's the only thing you look for as a kid on the weekend, like eight o'clock <laughs> basketball. So it was pretty cool to do that. And I went, uh, you know, we went to 144. I got better. I got better. At eighth grade, I was one of the top. A lot of people don't know this. Like, you know, even the kids I coached, you know, it's one of the top eighth graders in the country in New York City played with Stefan Marbury. I did not know that, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I got a uh, play. I went to Riverside, Riverside Church, played with them for my eighth. Me and Rayford Austin, I'll never forget. We went, we wanted to go away going into our eighth grade. Eighth grade skip yes. to my loop for those who don't know. Skip to my loop. Yeah, skip to my loop. <laughs> that team, we went away. We went to Riverside. It was me, Shandu McNeil. It's on Facebook, the list of it. A lot of people like, I didn't know you played on that team. We went to Texas, BCI, and we went, you know, we played. Then the following year, Thurman and everybody came over. So I've been playing basketball all my life. I went to Ohalos. I got sponsorship to go to Ohalos, played there. The three schools I suppose I picked on my list was LaSalle. LaSalle was number one, Ohalos, and Hayes. I ain't want to go to Hayes because Hayes, that's, you know, I'm coming from a public school. So, you know, I'm used to girls in the public school. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Got way too many boys and they were strict. So I was like, nah. Hey, LaSalle, they wanted me to go to summer school. And I'm like, we traveling, you know, we as a travel team. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. And then I looked at Ohalos. Ohalos got out of school at 145. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go here. <laughs> you know, you know, and um, it was only one public school that I was thinking about, but he was recruiting everybody. He was recruiting everybody, but I didn't go. It was Manhattan Center. You know, Rich Parker went there. And right, probably right. Cameron went there. So it was a couple of other people, you know, that I played with. Mace with this, so we was gonna go there. But my, you know, one of my good friends, Wayne Fletcher, he was like, my God, him and his brother, they went there. They a little older than me, a couple of grades older than me. But I was gonna go. But I was like, nah, if I go there, you know, I ain't. You know, my I, I was always thinking, people were like, why you ain't go to Rice? Because I had a grandmother that, like, after she do whatever she do, she run errands, she might pop up on you. And I, I knew, I knew your block. grandmother. I knew your grandmother very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she didn't play, you know. And, like, I just didn't want her to pop up to the school and be like, that's the day I got thrown out of class. <clears throat> and she'd be like, huh? So, she, you know, she's she's very strict. She, You know, my, her and my uncle told me a story, and they went to one seven, they went to PS 76, and, you know, she kind of whooped them in front of the classroom. So that stuck with me. So she gave him a beat in front of the side and I ain't want that to happen to me. You know, so I didn't go to Rice. So I, I picked Ohalos and uh, it came out well. You know, um, I went to college. I went to uh, first, uh, I went to Syracuse for a year. Then I transferred to Cortland, SUNY Cortland, finished there. And then when I, when I came home, I used to come home and, you know, I seen, you know, I used to, we stayed in a schoolyard when we was kids. We stayed no, in, definitely, a, in definitely. the schoolyard as a kid. And I used to come home and I ain't see kids in the schoolyard. Like, I ain't know nothing yeah, about the Ave. I ain't know weird. nothing about the Avenue until probably my senior year in high school. Right, right, right. I ain't know, like, we was kids in the schoolyard. Hey, what you doing? We're going to go play ball, go to school. Even when we wasn't doing nothing, we go in the schoolyard. 
Right, right. Because back then, all the hustlers were like, yo, get off the block, get off the go to the schoolyard. This is, you know. Now, like, you know, when I graduated high school and the AF, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, the biggest question I had, will people still be doing the same thing when I left? Right. Go to college and come back. And truly, people, some people are stuck and complacent in any ways. And I won't blame them but they get partial blame because they don't ask. So I'm like, damn, he really doing the same thing he did four years ago, four right. or five years, same exact thing. And I'm just like, you know, so I was like, you know, I walk in, I got, you know, I started interning at a financial firm Cost uh, at first it was called IFS. It was, uh, what is it was? Investment Management Services. And then uh, it became Stake Street. I was there for 15 years, learned a lot. But even then, there, like, you know, I was I was coaching. So I came home. I started, me and my friends, me and my my mentor, Wayne Banner, first guy that ever coached me, he started, I started coaching with him first. And we had, we started at Riverside. And then for a season or two, maybe a season, it was super biddies, you know. And because I ain't never want to do it full steam and not know what's going on. So can you clarify what sewer biddies are for the age group? So people who don't know, and, and also shout out Riverside Hawks. Let's yeah. see about the full name. Come on, man. You got you to get some Hawks, history. Yeah. Give the history out. Church, Riverside <laughs> Church Hawks. You know, when I played, it was Riverside Church Hawks. And it was ran by Ernie Lloyd. God bless the dead. He did, for me, to tarnish his name, but he did more great. Then he did bad. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be frank and honest. He paid for my tuition for four years of high school. And I think if I would went to public school, I probably had like two or three kids more. Right, right. And, and Catholic school kind of showed me some discipline. And I'm very grateful for it, you know. Right. And he didn't have to do that. Right, right. You know, he was a rich white man, and he didn't have to do that. You know, sometimes you look to it. And, you know, he had a big law firm, a major building on the law firm, and it's a tax write-off, but he put a lot of kids in good positions right. in school. And so, you know, I'm grateful for him. So I started at Riverside. Super Biddy is like, I think is eight. I think is. I think is it's is it six to seven or is it eight to nine? I think it's eight to nine. Okay. I think it's eight to nine and ten. I think, and then Biddy are eleven and twelve. Right. And then midgets are thirteen, fourteen, and and juniors are fifteen, sixteens, and seventeens, and is is uh, seniors are seventeen and eighteen. But right. now with the AAU thing and all the tournaments, they do they just do like. You know, tournaments, they just, they might do 15 and under. Right. 14 and under and 12 or under. Right. Or 10 and under. Right. But, like, starting at eight, eight, I think, like, they got kids playing basketball at seven and eight. I think that's really too young. Right. For me, because I just, like, kids are still being kids. Let them have fun. I tell them, let them have fun. Because when they start playing basketball, it's it's got to be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> got, at that age, it's got to be fun. And 
You know, you you know, some parents even from I, even it don't get serious until you get into the eighth grade. Right. Eighth grade, really eighth grade, because you know that now you got to pick a high school. Yeah. What you want to do? So it don't really get serious until seventh or eighth, but it it's gonna it's gonna get um it's gonna get so in the beginning you can kind of tell who won it, but like you know some parents be stricter than others and pushing. Right. I, I I'm a firm believer. Like I, my son is seven. I'm not even he he dribbles the ball, but I don't really push him into it. He plays yeah. soccer. Like my son plays soccer for a foot with five five seasons of soccer. Yeah. Like, dude, what sport do you want to play? Because like I love basketball, I love football. I, I I probably won't ever let him play football, but <laughs> I'm not letting him play football either. One time we was in a barbershop and the Harlem Jets, uh one of the Harlem Jets coaches was like, That's your son? I was like, yeah. He's like, how old is he? I was like, he's six. He's like, he's a big kid. It's like, we can come play football. I said, nah, we watched the concussion. I'm not playing football. Nah, I'm not, like, we're not doing that. <laughs> I would love to let him play, but I was like, nah, you know what I mean? I'm not going to do it. So his mother Close was like, is my no, son. football, so... Closest my son playing the football was uh, flag football because his school had a flag football team, yeah. so they had the league. He I did, do he that. did he that. Definitely do <laughs> that, but, but that. The, the full contact football, nothing against anyone who does full contact uh, sports. And you know, I praise you for that. But I, I, I for one, would I don't want to put my son in that in that danger. But to your point, like I when I went son, to college, I played football. Oh, see, didn't know and that. Like I played it late. I played late. So, but like. Like, you know, as watching as kids, as watching Friday Night Tights and all this stuff, like these young kids is getting concussions at 13, 12 years oh, absolutely. old. Absolutely. And, and that's something I didn't want to do with and my son. Even even with soccer at a certain age, they aren't like, they aren't used to do because I coach soccer also. I, he, my, for headers, they weren't allowed to do headers until they turned like, I think, uh, 10, 11 because of concussion reasons. No. Because okay. if, even if they did a header, mm-hmm. they would hit the ball to the head. The, the ref would stop the game and give them a flat because you're not allowed oh, to. Oh, really? Like the league I had my son and they, oh, weren't, okay. they, they weren't allowed to do headers at all because of concussion reasons. So that, and that's, a, oh, and I, 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 I appreciated that from his league that Norsan was in. Like, like I said, he did about five seasons, I think, of soccer. He did a, a, a summer of baseball. He did basketball, but he got turned off by the coach because the coach was yelling. So he's like, I don't want to do basketball anymore. And my, and my son was pretty good. And he was like, I don't feel like being yelled at. He says, I'll do the work. But if he's going to, because my son was like, if he keeps yelling at me, I'm just going to walk out the gym. So I was like. As as I got <laughs> old, as I got older with this coaching, and when I first started, it was more tough for kids to handle right. that. As as I got older, and I like I I was at Riverside. Then we was went to Abyssinia, the coach, for a season. And then we did that. And then I'm like, yo, why we just don't start our own? Right. And me and my, me and Wayne, we had a vision. We had a plan, a nonprofit. And we started at Riverbank. Right. But it was supposed to be, we started at Riverbank, but the nonprofit was Harlem Harlem Sports USA. And um, we started at Riverbank and because he worked at Riverbank and we made a proposal to them and it worked good. We had we had a lot of kids and I was there for at least me and him started the program. Me, him and my him, me, myself, Charles Briggs, Wayne, Wayne Banner, and Ryan Jackson. 
We started it, and we was like we was young kids. He was the he was the older guy, the OG of of knowing what to do, what what it takes, and we learned a lot from him. And he threw us to the fire. Like we also had prior arrangements. We did we did our own thing. Then we did it at Riverbank, and then he was like, "Yo, y'all coaching." And we took over and like we was in it. We always had a place to, to run. We had a facility to practice. And no lie, you know, I ain't really know as much as I was doing, but my weekends, we had practice a lot. All, every day, Saturday and Sunday, maybe once or twice during the week, we did fundraisers. We did, uh, you know, we did fundraisers, my job gave us money. People of my job gave me money for funding because they knew what we was doing. The biggest thing I wanted to really help with the kids is academically. Okay. Because, you know, basketball is going to take care of themselves. Like, I had a, like, I look back at the program. We had a lot of Division Two kids and a couple of Division Three. I mean, Division One kids and that went on, but if we would have helped them academically with the tutoring and getting them help. Right. Like, you know, I had one kid that was, he wanted to go to prep school, Millbrook Academy. They wanted him bad, but he had a 78, 79 average and he needed an 80. Right. So I felt like if we had that tutor to help him, he could have probably got an 80, he'd had an 83 average and they was going to give him I think at the time the school cost like sixty. They was wow. gonna give him fifty-seven thousand, and he wow. just had to come up with. So like you know, and, and he's a great kid. His name is Mike uh, Mike Green. I love him to death. And and you know, I think I you know last week I went to a funeral for one of my players. He got in a car accident. My birthday was October 10th. Uh, my birthday is October 12th. He got an accident on October 12th. Real great kid. I coached right. him. His name is Antonio Anthony. We call him Magic. And I coached his brother, Chris Ramos. Antonio Ramos and um Chris Ramos. Chris was really close to me. Plus Magic. Magic was really doing good. Good kid. And, you know, I went to the funeral and I seen all my players that like of his age and these kids are, these young men are like 25, 26, 24. And I'm just like, it made me feel good because they on a straight and narrow path. And they listen, it was a lot of yelling. And you know, I'm old school. I'm My grandmother, you know how my grandma, she did, she used the fear factor to me as when I was not really a fear factor, but like, I'm gonna bust you in your, you know? And I'm like, it kind of worked for me because it kept me on a straight and narrow. And I think, you know, my grandmother had seven kids and, you know, some of them didn't, you know, didn't come out to be the best ability. So when she had another chance to raise her grandkids, she probably like, I'm gonna use this fear factor. <laughs> and the fear factor is, is a mug. My thing is like, I always tell parents, I tell people when a kid stops fearing you, as a kid, he, he could do whatever. He don't care no more. I ain't stopped feeling my grandmother until, I don't know, until I moved out. <laughs> and like, you know, but she gave me, she gave me, you know, 
she gave me a lot of knowledge and a lot of jewels. And like, you know, today in this era, you know, I know that, you know, the fear factor is a little different. You got to like, sometimes you got to, you don't have to be so hard because I look at the kids today are, you know, they not as, they don't have it as we have it. They got cell phones at 11. They got a computer. They learning from remotely. It's a different, it's different. And like they said, basketball don't change. Only thing that changes is the people that playing it. Absolutely. So I mean, my, you have to. And my son is similar to me in the fact that when I played sports, like I didn't take too kindly to the yelling. I took it as a challenge to, to make the coach even matter. Well, not mad in a bad way, mad that you don't talk to me anymore, that I'm going to score, 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 and I just leave me alone and talk to me. And my son is similar to that where he was – soccer, he did it and he played goalie. He did it because he, he, he just liked it. Basketball, he did it because he's athletic. You know, and his thing was like he didn't like the favoritism of other players. Like if you're going to yell at me – Yelling yeah, at him. Uh, everybody. Yes. <laughs> that's one point. That's one thing I am. I'm an equal opportunity. But I'll, as I get older and like I, I, I'm now I'm coaching with New Heights. This is be my fifth year with nice. them, fifth or sixth year in their uh, sneaker sponsorship team. And, um, you know, as you grow and get older, like we have a, like my eighth grade, they 10th graders now. They rise in 10th grade, in school, 10th grade. But I was coaching them in 8th grade. So, like, 8th grade, I was more of a, you know, not a yellow, yellow a little bit, but, like, trying to get my instructions. I remember we played on the, um, the UA Rise with seven. We went away to Baltimore. I had seven players. And we played four games, four or five games. We went 5-0. And parents was there. After the five, fifth game, I, I was hoarse, but I coached hard. And they, you know, they made me proud because they played hard. And um, it was it was good. Like, you know, the parents, like, I want my son to coach. You coach. I want in. And, and after that, we played. We went 8-0. We didn't go to Kansas City because we felt that if we went to Kansas City, we was going to win it all anyway because we have a – that eighth, that eighth grade, now they tenth graders. We got two kids. One of them six eleven, one six ten, and we got really good guards. So we went to Vegas. I don't know if you've seen it. I put it on Instagram. I was a mean. You know, we played against LeBron James team in the semifinals, and uh, you know, it was a great experience. And the director, athletic director, was like, "No, you're going to coach in Vegas," and I was like, "Oh, for real." he's like, you deserve it. You worked hard. And, you know, I was really, I ain't know and until the flight, until we got on the flight. So I was, you know, amped up. This is my first time going to Vegas. And, you know, I, it was just too hot. The first, no, the second time. The first time I went with the 15 and the, it was just too hot. 180, 100, it felt like 182 degrees, but it was like 123. I was like, dude, I can't, I'm staying in my room. Right, we right. was out there for six, seven days. So it was fun. I was proud of the kids. We went six and two, and no, six and one. We only lost one game, and, and you know it was really good. And I, we got a nice group of kids, you know, and they working hard. They're getting better, and you know we still have the same core kids that we have from eighth grade, and that's good. Like you'll see that I put up some stuff on Instagram, on Facebook, and I, you know I just. 
I coach different. I'm learning and I give the my growth to I give a you know big ups to this guy called Rame Anderson. He brought me, you know, I came, started coaching with him, and he's like, you don't have to yell. You can just bring them to you, bring them close, give them that, you know. A firm talking. Firm talking. You're better than this. And, you yeah, know, absolutely. That's how when I coached, I was like, sometimes, listen. Sometimes, you know, that works better. Then do you have the kids, like, that they need to get yelled at to play hard. Like, right. you got to pick and choose. You got to know who you really, yeah. Yeah, I, I was that kid who didn't like being yelled at because then afterwards oh. I wouldn't talk to you. Like I would do everything to avoid you. I would make every layup so you wouldn't have to talk to me ever. I think I, I, I think <laughs> I'm a yeller because you know my grandmother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People used to be like, "Nah, she yelling." I said, "Nah, she just talking loud. That's how yeah, she yeah, talk." Yeah, like yeah. you know, and I'm just like, "But she was a yeller." I'm like, "Yo, why you calling me? I'm on the corner." You got my sister, my older sister, my right, younger right, sister. Right, you calling right. me to go to the store. Right, but I understand right. the male go to the store, not the young right. girl. So I understand that. So, uh, And it definitely depends on the tone and how you know, if you know the yeah. person. The delivery. Yeah, yes. it are people. there are people we have who are yellers and that's just the way they speak. And there's no 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 ill intent behind it. So I do know that's, I know that's to, tr- to be true. Can you talk, like, what are your thoughts on AAU basketball? I like AAU basketball. What I... What I, you know, when so what's I first the pluses started, and minuses? The pluses and the, the good like, and bad. Go, oh, sorry, my bad. Go for it, coach. When I first started it, right? No, that's okay. When I first started it, like when I first started my program, I didn't know about the um, the reclassing. Like I had kids that was like 14, 13 years old that was, you know, in the ninth grade. And they was really good. They was really good for the age, but they was in the wrong grade. So I didn't know nothing about that. Or uh, when I started, it was a, a great exempt. Great exempt. It wasn't no reclass. It was great exempt. So if the kid is 13 and a knife, he could play 13 or 14 U, you know, because it's age. And then they came to real class, you know. So that was good. But like, you know, some some parents and some kids, the good thing about it, is give the kids, you know, opportunity to, to get out of their town. They stay, you know what I mean, to play against other good programs. And if you got a good program, a good program or a good team or a good player, he get known. As, as to me, like some parents, when they're young, they kind of go crazy when they're young. Like super biddies, biddies, you know they go they go hard. It don't really it don't really count or get real until you get like in the eighth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. The thing the thing that reclassing is is like a kid repeating a grade or going to a different school is is a uh, it's replacing what I notice now is no more in college back in the days is about kids sitting out doing a red shirt year. It's no more of that red shirt, yeah. <clears throat> unless, unless it's a, it, it, I know one kid that did it recently, but it's not many red shirts. They're just like, all right, we're going to put you at this prep school so you can get stronger, bigger, and be ready to play in the conference. But in college now, you could do that in college. Like you can come, you don't know, sit out, work your game, practice, but you're not going to play in the game. You're not going to play into the. 
So only thing I don't like about, you know, about AAU right now is too many call handlers. Meaning everybody, <clears throat> everybody is out for something. And like, dude, this kid, I ain't even touched the surface of how good he is. And you making choices. Let the kid make the choice or let the parents make the choice. What are you doing? Like, that's the thing I don't, I got get upset about because the kid is going to know if you're doing good by him, you know? And, you know, they all, you know, everybody like, nah, if he goes, I want to get a piece. I want to get a, the kid. If you gradually be honest with a kid, he's going to remember you and he's going to come back and be like, coach, thank you. I want to do something for you. That's how I look. I never forget. I was at Riverbank. I got one of my kids into high school and his dad says this. He's like, coach, you don't want nothing? I said, listen, I don't want anything. So it's all for you. Now, if you want to give me something, that's on you. But I'm just happy he's going to this school because he was saying in Africa, that's what they do. People want something. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm in it for the love and the passion for it. Like, I'm not in it to make a dollar. I'm a, I'm a man first. I'm not looking to eat off a child. That's child labor. I'm, I'm a man first. And a lot of people like, I don't need this kid to pay my bills. I'm a man. I got to pay my bills how I pay it. So like, I care about the overall growth of a kid. And like off the court and on the court. And you know, that's what I took from all my coaches, the good and the bad, you know, and, you know, I mix them into my own, my own little one style. Like, you know, I'm a throwback coach, a little bit like John Chaney, one of my favorite, Temple was my favorite team in college, you know, cause he, he was a screamer. He got on the refs, but you always, he got on his players. But if you see him talking to his player, he's hugging his player, showing him that he loved John Thompson. He wasn't too much of a screamer, but he was 6'10". He didn't have to scream. You know, uh, Norman Power Richardson. Over you. <laughs> yeah, no, Norman Richardson. Screamer. Like, he cared genuinely about his kids. And right now in the state of the world that I am, it's like, you know, it's, it's not a lot of black college coaches, head coaches out there. And it should be more. Right. It should be a lot more. On all levels. Because look where you getting where you look looking where you getting the kids. Right. But if you look on every college bench, right? Right. Look at like we I was talking to my friends, one of my friends on Wednesday. It was a group of us from Ohio's. And every every high school coach or every college coach, if you look at them, they got a black, they have a black assistant because they gotta have someone that can relate to the kids. If you don't relate to the kids, and that's what happened with John, with, um, with Bobby Knight. He had a good, he had a good thing, but like, I think he couldn't relate with the kids because the kids wasn't, they was a little too soft. Right. And he didn't change with the times and he was a great coach, but you know, great coach, but like, you have to have someone to relate to the kids, but also these universities have to take a chance. Because your, pool, your totem pool 
that you get the kids is in the urban, the urban, you know, the urban, the urban cities. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> and, and it's just like, you know, I feel like they sometimes they're afraid to take a gamble with that. And, you know, I mean, it's still old world uh, mentality yes, that we that yes. we have. Well, not what I'm saying. We as a society, you know, we're looking at, you know, the doubt. You know, black people aren't smart enough. But I'm gonna say this again. I don't want to get too deep into it. We are smart enough. We can't. We 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 have the tools. We we have the athleticism. So obviously, we know what we're doing on the court. And we so that means so that's, it's a quite possibly, or I will say, it is possible. It's absolute that we can coach. So I have Coach Charles here, you know, Coach Briggs. Is, I mean, I know how to say Briggs. <laughs> yeah. You know, should be your next coach in any of these colleges. Or should nah, be- I don't want to do college. I like doing high school. Okay, right my now, bad. Right now, right now, I'm in Capital Prep of Harlem. Okay. That's Diddy School, and I'm one of the coaches. And I like that, because right? I like to be on the ground floor. Running. Right. I like to make I totally, change. I totally understand what you're saying. Like, you don't want to move further and further away from the people. And that's where, when I, my other job I had where I, I, I kind of didn't want to move up because I could have moved up, but I didn't want to move up because I'm moving further away from the work that I, that I was doing. Yes. So I, I would say I rather, I would rather move away, away from opposed to moving, moving up because, yeah. you know, that, that, that was my mindset. So I totally understand that. I just want to big you up because, because of your life and because of what you want, you know, I want to see, like, because, because here's the thing. When you pass our young people, I'm saying you as a in general statement, I'm talking to anyone who's listening. When we pass our young people on to the next level, who is there to carry on your legacy? Who is there to carry on the same level that you have? Because that young person is going to be looking for that. And that young person may not get that from the next coach. So that's what I'm saying. Get you there. If it's not you, get someone else there who yes. has the same mentality to yes. in the on the college level, on the professional level. We, we're seeing more coaches, but not enough. In yes. my opinion, you know, and, and that's why I'm saying I big you up, I big others up who take that that role on as the, the the male figure, the father figure, the uncle, the cousin, whatever that young person sees you as. So when they leave this level and when they go to the next level, they're going to be looking for that. Yes. Like what I usually do with my players, like some of them look at me as father figures. But what I tell them, like I have a kid, he's like, oh, you treat me like I'm your son. I say, yes, but you always have a, you have a father. You can call me Uncle Charles. I'm your uncle. And I got a kid now, like, he'll call me Unc. You know, you have a father, I'm your uncle. Because I believe every, even if they're not involved or they're not staying with you or they're with you, they're still your father. And sometime, maybe one day, they gonna, you're gonna, y'all going to come together and hopefully y'all can mesh and do what's right. Because I, I would love to, for that. My, my dad passed away when I was G six months old, but like, I hope in that could do, people could do that. So I always tell them, uh, you know, I'm, I'm your uncle. And if you need anything, I'm there. I'm mostly there. Like you'd be surprised as kids would tell you stuff that they would never tell their parents or their family. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it's, that's how you can connect. I have a kid, he's Jewish, but he's my music guy. He's my music guy. Was shocked to shock you, but it's so. Uh, it's crazy. He's my music guy. We talk about everything. He's really close to me, and we talk about life and everything. And it's just like you know, with this whole black, like all the stuff that was happening, he was really upset and about it. And 
you know, really down about it and stuff like that. And it's just like, we'll talk and you, that's, that's what you call coaching. You're getting to know somebody, not just off the court, not just on the court. And I, I, I would have never known if I wasn't picking them up, dropping them off and getting in, having that car ride talk every day or calling him, seeing how he's doing, what's going on. Because what kids want to know, and also in the human beings, adults, they want to know who cares about them. Once they show, when you show that they care, they'll run through a brick wall for you. This is true. So it's just like, you know, the caring of of just human beings and people in general got to get better in life because it's just, it's what the world's going on. It's like, if you just, I don't care if you're racist or whatever, but if you care about, that's wrong. I can't do that. It don't matter if the color they are, I, I'm not going to do that. You'll catch yourself. Right. Like, that's not right. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. No, I dig it. So, Willie, I mean, if you can, how did, was sports important to you growing up? You kind of hinted at it. Yeah, you know? it was, sports was very, my first love was football. Got first it. love was football. Like, I, so was family, mine, but my mom my told family, me I was too small. <laughs> my family is from the South. My grandmother, we from South Carolina. We used to go, you know, we used to go down South every summer for like two weeks or a month. And I go down there and like, that's all they doing is playing tackle football. So it came to a point that, like, I was like, Grandma, can I go, can I live down south? I want to go to high school down south. The town that we we lived in is called Woodrow, South Carolina. We had a, a former Heisman trophy winner from our, from our town. His name is Tony Rice. He went to Notre Dame. Didn't, I think he played in the pro for a few year quarterback at Notre Dame. He won the Heisman and Notre Dame played that. So it was like, I even went to see him play, and that's like I was a kid. I didn't know who he was, but like football was my. So you know, when you go down there, you come back, and it's just like we playing football, tackle football on concrete in the schoolyard at PS one forty four. Absolutely. So like football was my my thing, and then, but it wasn't no pop Warner football up here. So. No, no, it was no pop form. We ain't had none of that. We had no yeah. pop form. So I was like, okay, you got to play basketball. So basketball was the next best thing. Schoolyard around the corner. So sports was very, I wish I was introduced to soccer too. I wasn't introduced to soccer until I got to college. It was yeah. in high school, but you know, high school, I'm already in stock in my, right. my mind of basketball. But like, Soccer is a like, dope really sport. Introducing and watching it play that dope sport, very dope sport. <laughs> it's the most highest paid sport in the world. That's the world sport. <laughs> it is all, all this football, basketball. Y'all are not getting as 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 what the European players are playing overseas. Oh. You know the kids, the people that's playing in tier three, getting like yeah. Yeah, and there's levels to soccer. So, if you if your team sucks in the in the, in the pro league, you get bumped down to a lesser league. You had to play your way back up. It's not like here yeah, where you can. It's tier three. <laughs> it's not like here where you can tank to get a better lottery pick. It's not lottery I, I, pick. <laughs> I named my son. My son name is Blake Ashton Bukari Briggs. Okay. I named him after one of my where I work used to work in finance. It was a. A kid there, I call him my little brother. His name is Bakari. 
Turret. So I forgot his last name, but he was a good kid. Went to Virginia and got drafted in, in the MLS. And he went number two. And I like, I always like that name because it's like, we call him Balky or Car. I always like that name. So I gave him that name. And like, he's a soccer player and he's like, he was really, really good. So he played for a while, but like he, like, I just like, I just like soccer people. Like, I want to go to a game. I was about to take him to his first game before this COVID stuff happened. Right. But like, I like soccer. No, soccer, soccer games, soccer games in person. I went to a couple of MLS games at Yankee Stadium. They're dope, man. <laughs> oh, they are. I know they could. I know they are. Coaching soccer was fun when I coached oh, yeah. my son's team. It was fun. Like, I learned a lot, you know, culturally, I should have known more about soccer, but it is what it is. When you live in the United States, we don't push soccer. We push basketball, like you yeah. said, because we up here. And, and like a lot of us wanted to play football at a young age, but that wasn't a thing up here. <laughs> you know, and and, and so yeah, it, it wasn't a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing in New York City. Yeah, you go to Jersey. You go to Jersey. You go to uh, Pennsylvania. It's big. It just was. It's not big in New York. All right, so we got to the, we came to the part of the show where I had this question bowl, bowl of questions that I ask each guest, right? Mm. And there's three questions. Right. You're allowed to pass once on a question. Right. And I, I and whatever question you answer, I'll answer also out of fairness. I don't want to put anybody in a, in a space where they feel uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, my God, why would he ask that? You know, but these questions are there. Some of them might be maybe problematic. You know, I had some guests who got lucky and got no problematic questions. <laughs> and I had some guests who got all problematic questions, you know. And like I said, whatever you answer, I'll answer to the fullest and honest, and even though they might be embarrassing to both of us, mm-hmm. but you're allowed to pass at least once. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's do this. The first question for Coach Charles. Let's see what it this says. It says, huh, and you kind of talked about this, but let's, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, are you a listener or a talker when in conversation? I start out as a listener. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and then, like, I'm trying to get better as is that as a listener and everything in life, relationships, right. friends, and just listen because you got to listen to succeed so you can gain the knowledge and make your conceptions of what you listening to. So right. I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm a listener. Myself, I'm trying to be a listener. I'm also a listener, and I also ask questions for clarity because I want to fully understand what that person is saying before I give any feedback. I even ask, do you want feedback from me? Because sometimes people just want you to listen. You know, because mm-hmm. I've had friends where I had, I had a conversation with a friend of mine where I told her, I just want you to listen. I don't want to hear anything from you. Just listen. And we were having a conversation, and she started like... You know, pointing things out and and, 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 and and saying things that I didn't like, and, I, and we actually had to end the friendship because of that. Mm. I said, I said, I said, remember what I said to you. And I said, you know me also. I don't go around pointing out things that you've done wrong, or, or you know, I always listen and ask you what you want. And I said to you specifically, all I want you to do is listen. I said, right now I can't talk to you. We end up becoming friends again, you know, because we're really good friends. But I just needed to let her know this is what I wanted. Yeah, I want you to listen. So for those of you guys who are listening now, it's very important to listen, you know, and find out what that person wants. So yes, and if you're yes. a talker, talk. <laughs> but, you know, again, let's see what the next question is. And again, you're allowed to pass. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, OK. 
Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> you want to I'm pass? Gonna say this. No, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I don't think we're the only people in the universe that's okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna say that. I'm I'm gonna agree with you, man. Because you know, at one point in this in this uh, a timeline of ours, you know, some people thought they were the only uh, people on that continent or that neighborhood. You know, they at one point we thought the world as a society thought the world was flat. The world is is round. There's other creatures on this planet. You know, so therefore, I be, I'm with you. I believe there's something else out there that we aren't aware of or someone else out there that we aren't aware of. You know, I'm open to that. I don't want to say, oh my God, you know, there's nothing else. And in fact, 10 years from now, some something shows up at my front door saying hello. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, last it's, it's question. A big, it's a big universe. So it's, it's, it's like- It's in, in universe, almost infinite. Yeah. All right, you ready? I'm, I'm mixing these up real good. Let's see. Let's see, I'm trying to, again, I'm not trying to get you a bad one. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I'm, you know, I'll keep it, keep right. it coming. Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh. This is, a, and I have a good answer for this one. What is the, for, this is a funny one. What is the cuddliest animal that you think is the scariest? <laughs> <laughs> I already know the answer to this one. I'm, the cuddliest? Cuddliest, the most cuddly animal. cute animal with that you know deep down inside that that's the scariest animal in the world. I mean, if you want to pass I'm going to say a dog. A dog? Really? Why, why? Everyone has a dog in there. Well, most of us have yeah, dogs now. Dog. Why, why do you say dog? Yeah, I, I I love dogs, but like, if you don't treat the dog right, 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 it could snap or or like it could go like say if you get a rescue dog and he might have a flashback mentally. Absolutely, yeah. He could snap and get ugly. Right, right. That's why I say, you know, dogs. I say a dog for me. Because I'm not, I'm not thinking about all the other stuff. I'm talking about like stuff like animals that you could honestly touch and be okay. around. I could dig it. I and stuff like that. Because the dog, the dog that I want, and I've been reading up on it, is a Chinese Chape, the big, the big one. They are very family oriented. If you're not around them, they get very guarded. So like, if they don't know you and they around me. They, because they used to be emperor, former body dogs, guard dogs. So they would get very, like, nasty to you. But when they with me, they could be cool and calm. And you'd be like, oh, you love them to death. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's to me, I think dogs, because it's easy to, and cats. I don't really like cats. I don't don't think a lot of people, I don't think people who have cats like cats. (laughs) But as far as me, the most cuddly animal, and I'm going to have you guys Google this, uh, koala bears. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Koala bears. If you, if you Google wet koala bear, it's the scariest looking animal you will ever see. Trust me. A wet koala bear? Koala bear, yes. Google when you You get a chance. Get a chance. Google wet koala and they're the cutest animals I've ever seen with Google wet koala they're the scariest looking animals you will ever see in your life trust me you know the, <laughs> the crazy thing that you said a koala bear as a kid my aunt went my aunt and my uncle it was getting a couple of dollars or whatever especially my uncle they went to some Africa and brought me back a stuffed koala bear that's the crazy thing you brought I had a stuffed koala bear 
That's funny. <laughs> stuffed koala bear. And I was like, now when you said that, I'm like, I had a koala bear, like a stuffed one. And like, you know, it was crazy. I was just like. Again, when you get a chance, bear. when we're done, I want you up. to Google wet koala bear and you tell me what you think. <laughs> um, So this is the part of the show where I ask the guests to let the world know something like, you know, whether it's something positive, some sort of advice, a recipe, whatever you want. What do you, what would coach Charles like to let the world know? Um, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no stupid question. A closed mouth don't get fed. And I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, ask questions, be genuine. Don't be something that you're not. You know, as a kid, I was a hot-tempered kid, you know, ready to fight all the time. I had anger issues because of my upbringing, but I changed. And, like, a lot of people that knew me from back then, like, knew my parents, like, I see me now, they'd be like, oh my God, you did a 360, you know, you, you know, just never stay complacent. Try to always revolve. It's something new, you know, and that's all I, I try to do. I know that I'm a hard worker. I'm loving, I'm caring. And I'm emotional too. But uh, I guess that's the new thing from keeping me to be angry. So I'm emotional, but like, don't take it for my weakness because I kind of get kind of emotional, get angry too. But like, just be, try to be happy because I look at it like this. You might think you're down now, but somebody else got it 10 times worse than you. You never know. Like I, like I tell people, they be like, oh, you from the ghetto. I said, oh, yeah, I'm from the hood. But then I go to school in Syracuse and go to East Syracuse, and you see a row of abandoned houses. Like, well, I'm not used to seeing that. I've never seen that. Right. People right. come boarded up houses and blocks after block. I go to Detroit because I got family. You got blocks after blocks. It's abandoned house. I said, that's the ghetto. So people living hard, like, and I just say, just count your blessings and just work. Nothing is going to be given to you and you have to work for everything. And uh, if you see, like I tell people, if you see somebody that you want to look up to, just ask them, how did they do it? You know, how you did, because that's the, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Knowledge is only, people is not going to give you the knowledge. Sometimes you got to ask or learn it in the book or be the first one to, you know, to accept it. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing. Like, and I, you know, I tell my my best friend, like it's things that you might be surprised if people hear it, it change their lives. Right. And one my mentor was like, just saying hello and being friends with a guy, talking to a guy for 10 minutes could change that person's life because he's probably trying to kill himself. Right. And Absolutely. it's so true. People will come back to you 10 years later. Yo, you know that day that you spoke to me? I was going to shoot myself in the head, yo. 
but you spoke to me and gave me some words of wisdom, changed my life. And you'd be like, wow. I just said, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's just, it's powerful. It's very powerful. And the, this, it's, it's interesting that you said that, you know, the, the question we had was, are you a listener or are you a talker? And sometimes in life, people just want to be spoken to. You know, sometimes yes. in life, you know, they want you to say hello to to them. Those people who don't necessarily go out of their way to talk, they may want you to say hello. And I've experienced that with quite a few young people I've worked with throughout my life where they have said to me, thank you for saying hello. Yeah. And that's it's, all they want. It's powerful. It's just powerful. It's the thing about the world, I say there's two things. People want to be love and the knowledge. Yeah, this is true. And, and as growing up, you know, due to your circumstances, you know your parents love you, but if you don't show it and hear it, right, you don't know what it is. Right. So You're it's like, you know, it's, it's, and then it's, it's something that's it's too overbearing. So you got to be even killed just to give them enough that you show, but also, listen, you have to learn how to become a man or a woman of your own also. Right. You know, because, you know, when you spoil your kids, they get complacent. And then when you say no, they don't know how to adapt to things. Right. So I try to, you know, teach. I try to be the even kill. Tough love. Because when you mess up, I'm going to give you tough love. When you right. do accomplish something great, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be your, number, your, your biggest cheerleader. You know, and that's it. You know, it's just, you know, that's the way I was brought up. And then, you know, I try to take things that what my parents did, didn't do, that I wanted, and add it on to what, how I'm raising my kids and my players and people that are around me that want to listen. You know? So I know we're in a currently in a pandemic and I know you, you're still coaching in some capacity for those people who would like for you to reach out to you for a coaching program or, or more coaching opportunities. How can they get in contact with you? Um, they can hit me on Gmail. I mean, uh, I'm giving them my email or my social media, my Instagram, my Instagram, let me see. You know, that's that's a great question. <laughs> my, you know, because sometimes you don't pay attention to your email. You know, yeah, my email. So you want to tell us your email first? My email is c.briggs1976 at gmail.com. c.briggs1976 at gmail.com. And that's Briggs with two G's, everyone. Yeah, B-R-I-G-G-S, two G's. And my, my uh, Instagram is charlieq120, at charlieq120. The letter Q, everyone, 120, the block we grew up on. <laughs> yes, 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 the block we grew up on. And... So uh, that's 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 a, and you know if people do need my number, you know, hit me on that platform and I give it out. I, I give you contact that way. 
for those of you guys who are listening to me, you want to be a guest or on the show, or if you have other questions that I should ask during the question bowl, please hit me up uh, on Instagram at just underscore uh, Shavar, C-H-E-V-A-R, or you can order Twitter at Shavar. Um, yeah, that's pretty much who I am. Um, great show. Uh, <laughs> great contacting with an old dear friend of mine. You know, we pass each other in the hood every so often. I'm not necessarily out there as much, and I'm pretty sure he isn't either. But when we do pass each other, we do greet each other with love. And, and I thank you. And, and he says some really important things, like, throughout this. He gave a history lesson, you know, which actually, you know, was nostalgic for me to remember young life. In, in the, in the, it was like the Lakers... You know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was definitely the Lakers. It definitely was the Lakers. It, it was it was a lot of history lesson there, and I didn't know. I learned so much about this this gentleman, and I hope you guys all did also. And he said something really important is about listening, listening to the individuals around you. Growth. He talked about growth, going from it's okay to grow, it's okay to change who you are, and he mentioned that, you know, and also. Talk, talk to people that you don't necessarily talk to. Talk to those strong people. I always say this. Talk to those people who display that they're super strong. Because sometimes we don't know what they're dealing with. Yes. You know, sometimes we don't know. So talk to them. So again, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Thank you, Coach Charles, for coming on. And we have to talk. Yes, we got to get up. Once this all let's get up, we definitely going to get up. I just want to say one thing. People, surround yourself with people that's going to make you better. Absolutely. That's the, Absolutely. That's the main people. If they're not there to make you better, keep it moving. Keep it pushing. Absolutely. It's all love, everyone. Yeah.